Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, and along with our chief strategist, Shelley Cohan, by the way, who's a professor at FIT and Syracuse University, uh, we welcome you to our conversation on the topic of, and this is a great one, pirate activists attack coals. Uh, don't mind my metaphors, but in my opinion, the activist group is much like pirates, by the way, attempting to steal control of the business so they can disrupt and replace CEO Michelle Goss's visionary strategy with what I believe to be a bunch of tactical ideas like ho-hum cost-cutting, including executive pay, by the way, boosting revenues and margins through better merchandising, as well as unlocking value, oh, I've heard that word, unlocking value, by doing a sale leaseback deal. Which, by the way, if you don't know it, has a history of past retailers being squeezed to death by excessive lease arrangements. Well, guys, if you've been living on Mars, all of this may sound wonderful by, because who doesn't want more growth and profits? However, I have not been living on Mars, unlocking value and pumping up share price for the activists' ultimate cashing out is what this is all about for these pirates. But the question is, does Kohl's need any of this? With the huge assumption, by the way, that this band of <laughs> pirates with questionable credentials could even do what they say they can. I'll give you my short answer. Kohl's, under the visionary leadership of Michelle Goss, does not need anything that these money-grubbing short-termers offer. And short-termers, by the way, is the operative word here. Furthermore, they would be an enormous distraction, and already are, a distraction and a disruption of the very positive strategic path uh, that Michelle is now executing, which we're going to get to. You know, Robin, the way you put it, your metaphor about pirates stealing control of the business is really great. I think a lot of people believe that many of the losing retailers out there could use the help of these activist groups or private equity firms, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Shelley, that's a good point. To be fair, uh, there are some activist groups and private equity firms that have saved losers and put them on the right track. But we go down a whole different rabbit hole there listing all of them. But don't kid yourself that these are not altruistic rescue groups, okay? Their objective simply is to quickly turn the business around and leave with lots of money. So what about this group, Robin? Well, yeah. <laughs> they, in my mind, are a perfect example of the pirate types and it really is the reason I chose them. I said in my article yesterday, I've seen this horrible movie before, and with one notable actor kind of leading the attack on Children's Place in 2015. Right. Yeah, Jonathan Duskin, okay, CEO of McKellen Advisors, apparently leading the Coles sequel, if you will. 
along with Legion Partners Holdings, Ancora Advisors, and 4010 Capital. Um, that makes up the group. So what they did is they bought an equity position in Kohl's of just under 10%. And they are determined to replace five board seats, which was originally uh, nine, uh, to then disrupt uh, Goss and team's strategy and replace with all of their money-making tactics I just mentioned. And their argument going in is all about the numbers, okay? They don't know what the word strategy means. And I've beaten up on that so many times about these short-termers. So what they do is they parade out the numbers, the numbers narrative, if you will. And it is Kohl's slow to no growth over the past decade and a commensurate effect on earnings. The bottom line, and of course, the stock price, blah, blah, blah. And by the way, Shelley, the epilogue to their attempt to take over Children's Place is that CEO Jane Elfers has had a consistent strategic plan in place for the better part of the last decade. And it is clear that because of her and her team's skillful execution of this strategy, they prevailed over this band of activists who do not know what the word strategy means, just as I believe Michelle Gass, uh, Gass will prevail. Also, Robin, it should be noted that this activist investor slate has overseen significant value destruction, including nine companies that have filed for bankruptcy, including most recently Christopher and Banks. And of course, there's Bed Bath & Beyond, which was on the edge of abyss when this group took control. And even though there seems to be some progress with the new CEO from Target, I think the jury's still out on the fate of this brand. Yeah, 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 you are so right. Um, and also, thanks for, <clears throat> for making those points. I think they're very apt here. So Shelly, the, the, there is a backstory on the Coles numbers, okay? <clears throat> but these pirates, again, only see the numbers. They don't see the reason for the numbers and what they are doing to improve the business. So the backstory, for five years leading up to 2017, Kohl's was more or less flatlining the business. In other words, slow to no growth. But by the way, Robin, that five-year speed bump really could be attributed to Kohl's being blindsided by the acceleration of the e-commerce and the fact that they had reached this saturation level of total number of stores across the U.S., thus eliminating a major growth engine, which was their strategy, consisting of opening new stores every single year. That's exactly right, Shelley. And those new store openings delivering growth year in and year out over many years, uh, when th that new store opening slowed or even stopped in some areas, it was really like coming off of an addiction for them. So in, in, in 2013, the former CEO, Kevin Mansell, hired uh, Michelle Goss, uh, by the way, formerly a big P&G executive. And she also made Frappuccino a household brand. That's right. Uh, when she was at Starbucks in a senior C-level position. 
So, by the way, do you think, therefore, she knows something about the consumer? Hello? So anyway, she starts to build a strategy daring to innovate on all fronts. I had a conversation with her when she was early in that position, and boy, I could tell where she was headed, and it was all positive. Essentially, reimagining the traditional department store model um, in tradition, breaking directions. And I said to myself, this is the type of leadership necessary for transformation into a successful 21st century model. Uh, the flatlining uh, did break in 2017 with a 7% jump in the holiday season with a 30% online increase. And Michelle was appointed the CEO spot in 2018. So Shelly, why I always say, forget the proverbial quote unquote numbers and show me the long-term strategy. If the strategy is right, the numbers follow and Cole's strategy is right. For Goss, two years into the plan as CEO with one year upended by the pandemic, her strategy is still right. But Shelly, since all these activists care about are the numbers, which cannot be fairly compared by the way to 2019, they nevertheless can be compared to Cole's peers. So can you give us uh, you know, the important recent, num recent numbers and maybe a bit about what they mean? Certainly, Robin. I would say that Kohl's was what I would call triple challenged in 2020, along with some of its non-essential peers. First of all, Kohl's has a heavy reliance on apparel and accessories, including shoes. Um, it's about 44% of their revenue. And that whole category in the industry dropped 27% in the U.S. market. The second big kind of factor affecting Kohl's, it has a very significant back-to-school business, which really last year shifted from clothing to electronics. And lastly, of course, is that Kohl's is in that department store format, an unfavored environment for shoppers during the pandemic. However, Kohl's was able to come out of the year in strong financial position with cash of $2.3 at year-end. In fourth quarter, Kohl's revenue was down 10%, but outpaced the sector, which was down 17%. And a quick transition to the digital business when physical stores closed and a focus on inventory management really allowed the company to weather the storm. And as a side note, that shift to digital accounted for 42% of sales in Q4. That's amazing, Shelly. Yeah. And as you remember, Robin, in our recent podcast, CEO Tenure, Does It Matter? It was discussed how Kohl's outperformed the department store sector in terms of financial strength as of March 2021. Kohl's ROA was minus 1.5 compared to the segment that was minus 7.1. And net profit margin for Kohl's was just under uh, 1%, whereas the segment was under 2%. Kohl's shares were up about 200% since it announced its strategic plan last October. That was through March 1st close. And that compares with 13.9% for the S&P 500. 
On Tuesday morning, the shares rose about 1.8% to 58.03. And profit for the last three months ending January 30th rose nearly 30% to $343 million from $265 million a year earlier. Oh, my God. You know, so where are these uh, pirates? Uh, <laughs> what, what are they throwing numbers out there relative to what? And if they started looking at the rest of the industry, Kohl's is, is, is above their peers. So, right. you know, I don't, I don't know what, where the justification comes for them to say that they're going to change everything and make more money for Kohl's, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, enough with the numbers. As I said, if the strategy is right, the numbers will follow. So Goss uh, said in an interview about the activists uh, with the Wall Street Journal, she said, quote, unquote, we are way ahead of them. We are executing our plan and seeing results. In another interview with Women's Or Daily, Goss uh, explained how she believes that Kohl's proposition is different from other retailers. She said, quote, we are certainly unique. We are positioned so differently. We go against the competitive grain. The whole idea of location relative to trad traditional department stores is different because we are located off the mall we drive home the notion of ease and convenience. Do you guys remember me saying <laughs> in the neighborhood, closer to your consumer, convenience? Well, let me tell you something, Cole's long-term competitive advantage for their core working mom is having stores in, the, in their neighborhood, not a 20 minute drive to the mall. In fact, the 10 years of the 90s, Kohl's stole $5 billion from JCPenney because Kohl's captured that working mom in their neighborhood before she had to go to JCPenney and JCPenney lost all the money because they were in the mall. Anyway, that's another story, but it's a very good one. And that was a big part of their central strategy and it worked. So she continues, digital has put the world at the customer's fingertips which by the way, is a challenge to Cole's differentiated um, location strategy. And then she goes on to say, I say that I want things to be strategically surprising. She says, we really take advantage of all the data we have and being true to the customer. We're making all the bold, unexpected, disruptive moves we can make to keep the customer interested. We're also thinking of ourselves as a platform to bring in customers who are focused on aspiration, inspiration, and accessibility for bringing exciting, big ideas and scale. So Shelly, I use this quote to emphasize Goss's use of the word platform versus retail store, which I have said till I'm ad nauseum which is a mental, big mental barrier to envisioning anything other than a building full of stuff. When you heard, hear that word retail store, Goss can envision the platform as a model to share all kinds of, to share with all kinds of partners, and in some cases, even competitors. She also envisions smaller platforms. You've heard that idea of, 
uh, a small store strategy. They're into it as well with localized assortments in neighborhoods. And by the way, potentially freestanding specialty platforms, perhaps focusing on a single product category. We're talking about similar to uh, apparel uh, brands like uh, The Gap, uh, J. Crew, all of these who were the name on the door is the same name in the store. I see her envisioning that someplace in the future. So anyway, this is a 21st century, in my mind, strategic visionary. And Robin, uh, how about those two enormous ideas, partnering with Amazon and Sephora? So really sharing the Kohl's platform, and it's a win-win home run for both. And there's also other brands that will bring in new and younger consumer traffic, accessible and aspirational brands like Vans, Nike, Levi, Under Armour, Adidas, and recently announced partner Cole Haan. That Amazon deal brought 2 million new customers to its stores last year. And one third of those customers are millennials. And of course, many of those new shoppers are buying something at Kohl's when they drop off their Amazon returns, which is leading to higher sales and profit. Well, you know, once again, this idea of a platform where she can imagine anything she wants to put on her Kohl's platform. And that is exactly what you, and this, and this is, others are beginning to do this. I would say that she's almost a leader in it. And, you know, like I said, frankly, she could invite any other retailer like Sephora or Amazon who, you know, is compatible with their consumer group, but also gives them overnight businesses that they don't have to develop. I mean, and by the way, Sephora was a brilliant move. Kohl's was challenged in the beauty category for years. I mean, early in the 2000s, I was doing some consulting with the head of their uh, consumer research group, and um, they've been challenged in this beauty era. Yeah. So if, if Sephora yields the same sales per square foot as what was estimated that they did uh, at JCPenney, that number was $600 a square foot. Now, compared to Kohl's average annual square foot return of around $229 in 2019, according to Statista. So... Look at the difference, $600 versus $229. Anyway, need I say more? They plan to launch uh, two and its four concept stores in fall 2021 and are planning to expand to at least 850 stores by uh, 2023. The Sephora is a Kohl's store in store concept is really brilliant. And it gives Kohl's over 100 makeup, skincare, hair, fragrance brands literally overnight. And then call shoppers also get to experience that signature Sephora look and feel of the stores. What's amazing is the combined branding power of both loyalty programs reach 55 million customers. Of course, there might be some uh, crossover in those customers, but that's just a real tremendous reach and a home run. The other piece is the suburban locations for Sephora inside Kohl's stores will help to ensure that prestige beauty is accessible to all shoppers. Something that Sephora has created as a goal for 
as the company continues pushing forth their DEI initiatives, diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Um, and, you know, Kohl's has outlined similar strategies. So in my mind, it's what I would call strategy alignment between two major brands, both purpose-driven companies with strong, loyal customers. And of course, that traffic that Sephora can bring into Kohl's with, again, that younger customer. Yeah, that's, that's where it's all going. And I think they are pivoting probably at least as much, if not more than most of their peers out there pivoting towards this younger generation, which is going to be the largest consumer cohort. So I guess uh, the takeaway, guys, um, if you're a failing retailer or brand, <laughs> you should turn to... Um, you know, I'm not recommending consultants, but turn to people who understand the business, you know, strategic consultants uh, who do at least understand it, the business beyond the numbers. But if you've got a great strategic vision and are executing, but the growth numbers have not yet totally kicked in, like Kohl's and Children's Place, beware of the pirates. Final note, the fact that these activists targeted Kohl's is a clear signal that they do not understand visionary retail strategy and certainly not Michelle Goss. Furthermore, to strike at them coming out of a pandemic, it indicates that, that, that how ruthless and frankly in it to financially engineer the biggest pile of cash in the quickest way possible to line their pockets. So we say, Stay the course and don't give in, Miss Goss. Amen, Robin. For our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and the RobinReport.com. And please follow us on social media, link in with us, and follow us on Twitter for the latest thoughts about the industry. And of course, to emphasize, uh, you will find more of our provocative insights on the RobinReport.com. And as I say every week, I would welcome any of your ideas that have been noodling around your head that you would like us to cover on these podcasts. Just email me at robin at therobinreport.com. Thank you once again greatly for joining us.